time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Wouldn't it be great if, you know, you were driving and some bonehead comes and like cuts you off and is like following too close and like getting in your way in a really dangerous way on the road and wouldn't it be wonderful if they went home and parked their car and they went inside the house and they thought to themselves you know I feel like I I think I should read a book about how to respect people's personal space I'll bet you that's something I should work on I'm going to do that right now. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice if we lived in a world where the people causing problems took responsibility (laughs) and created change? I know, I know. But when we're doing that stuff, you know, when (laughs) when we're on the receiving end, it's like, I think, so frustrating because it's like, Now I got to figure out how to deal with all this. And like that person just doesn't care. And they're clearly the problem, Danette. They're clearly the problem. Okay, so um, I don't know who that person was that cut you off on the road. And you know what? They're probably not listening. And you know what? (laughs) We can't do anything about that today. But this is an episode about boundaries. I've had several of them. I know a lot of you doing a lot of brave, difficult work in the area of boundaries. And I also know that a lot of the resources are coming to you from the place of like, you need boundaries. (laughs) You, You need work on them. You need to know what they are. Here's how to set them. Here's how to uphold them. Here's how to eliminate the people who don't respect your boundaries. And it's really um, needed. I think it's interesting and it speaks so much to um, where we're at. Um, But, you know, there aren't a lot of books about how to respect other people's boundaries. (laughs) So um, how are you with that, dear listener? I know you've probably been doing things about your own time, your own money, your own space, your own, you know, limits, whatever, articulating those things, getting more comfortable, speaking up, making requests. These are all, it's ongoing work. There's a lot of layers. And how are you with other people's boundaries? And just check in for a second. What's your first response? Have you even thought about that at all? (laughs) No judgment here. Um, Is it something that you think about? So this episode is, you know, be the change, right? Like we can really get clear about our boundaries and how important it is and what we are hoping, you know, will happen so that we can honor our own. Um, But just like that person who like cut you off in traffic and drove home, wouldn't it be nice if we made space for other people 
wouldn't it be nice if we were listening and paying attention, like with that driver, if they were just like, oh, this person might, looks like they might want to make a turn up here. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give them some room, you know, just make it a little easier. Now that other driver, not driving your car, not responsible for your car, but there are ways in which they can make all of us sharing this road of life. <laughs> um, it's a little easier, right? A little easier for you to put your signal on and for, for you to do what you need to do, right? Without it being a battle. So, um, so one important note I want to say is that, you know, we can anticipate, we can listen and pay attention and make space for people um, to listen for their boundaries and to respect their boundaries. And you're not a mind reader. I know you might think so sometimes, but you're not. So, <laughs> you know, we need to, we're all responsible for voicing our own boundaries clearly. Um, you know, we're not responsible for when other people aren't clear. And, um, you know, I just want you to, to bring your attention to that fact that, you know, you can do all that you want to do, but at the end of the day, that person who wants to turn in their car, they have to put the signal on and they have to make the turn. You can't make the turn for them. If they don't make the turn, it's not your fault. Okay. Um, so don't take up too much responsibility over there. What we're looking at is how we can create the change that we would like to see in terms of relationships, in terms of boundaries. Um, and it's to help other people, like it's to help them help you treat them better. Does that make sense? <laughs> help them help you treat them better. What are boundaries in the first place? In a nutshell, um, you know, boundaries are, it's, you know, the line where or the distance where we can love and respect ourselves and someone else at the same time. Um, Brene Brown has a great, very simple definition of boundaries. Of Boundaries are simply what is and what is not okay. This is okay. This is not okay. Here's the boundary, right? Plain and simple. And while that definition is plain and simple, if you have been uh, challenged by this topic in your life, you know that the <laughs> implementation and the maintenance and the upholding is the really, really challenging work, right? So I can I just say, I'm so proud of you. Like you're doing all of this work on yourself. You're paying attention to what you need. You're like, oh, fuck, I got to speak up and say that thing to the person. I hate doing this. And you're doing it anyway, or you're getting ready to do it. You know, you're getting clear about what you need. This is, it's easy to just not deal with this stuff. Your life isn't easy when you don't deal with this stuff. It becomes a lot easier, in fact, I think, when you can clearly establish your boundaries, uphold them, respect other people's boundaries. There's a lot of busy work of the mind that we eliminate by respecting these things, right? All the pretend mind reading that goes on and all the resentment that goes on, uh, that's exhausting. So your life would get easier, but it takes so much courage to do this work. And if you're listening to this, I know it's because you're interested. So um, thanks, you know, thanks for doing that for yourself and for all the people around you and for the people who will witness this, right? So, you know, what we're doing here and why is it self-love to honor? 
It might make sense why it's self-love to honor your boundaries. Why is it self-love to honor other people's boundaries? Well, um, you know, for me, this is such a, you know, I self-love to me, it starts with you. I say that to you every episode. It all starts with you. And this is true. I believe this to be true. And that's not where it ends, right? It might start with you, but it keeps rippling out. It keeps on creating change. It sets a tone. It sets an example. Um, It's the relationship we have with ourselves impacts the relationships with others and so on and so on in our communities, bigger and bigger on we go, right? So um, if you want to be living with integrity, I think it's a self-loving thing to, you know, choose to live (laughs) with integrity, to choose to live a life that feels, you know, right by you, that feels right in your heart. And when I say these things, I know in a lot of episodes, I'm really wanting you to look at you and what you want, what's right for you. And I'm saying that because I believe, dear listeners, that you want to be in a world that, you know, respects and loves all people. Maybe that's, you know, (laughs) I thought it was a given. Maybe it's not always. It's not, you know, you love yourself instead of someone else, right? So I know that if you're here and you've been listening for a while, or even if you're new, welcome. And self-love is more than just, you know, you in a bubble somewhere. It is in service of a better world where it's normalized that people love each each other, but that they love themselves, that they're not completing each other, but that we enhance one another's lives. And imagine the difference that makes on the bigger scale in families, communities, etc. Right. So um, that's the motivation here. That's why it's important to respect other people's boundaries. Right. So reminder <laughs> you're not a that you're not a mind reader and if you're kind of like annoyed by this idea being like oh can't I just pretend I'm a mind reader I know my friend so well I know what she wants so I'm just gonna do this I have a feeling that she wants this so I'm gonna do it you know that might be kind of okay for a while and it maybe in some relationships it's working for now I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to be careful what you wish for. If it's true that we can be mind readers, that you know your friend and you can just act on their behalf, um, that means that other people can do that for you. That means someone else somewhere who thinks they're your best friend, who's not, but you know, they think they are, (laughs) okay? But if they believe it, then maybe they are. And if they think they know you well, then maybe they do, according to them. And then they can make decisions about what they think you need based on what they believe about you, but they're not checking in. They're not asking, right? Um, This can get very slippery and unhealthy and problematic very quickly. And I think some of you know what I'm talking about. If you are, have been in relationships like this or are currently in relationships like this, or as you wake up to self-love more and more and you're speaking up for yourself and you are less afraid of asserting yourself, it's creating some disruption in the people who just wish that we could all pretend that we're mind reading, okay? Um, Just because you wish it works that way uh, doesn't mean it works that way. (laughs) So um, I have huge compassion for all of you who find this especially difficult 
who find this really challenging to use your voice, um, you may have never, ever been encouraged to do it. You may have never, ever been encouraged to even know what you want, let alone ask for what you want and out loud and in relationships where you're vulnerable and where it really matters. Um, this is not light work, right? Um, I So I just want to like really acknowledge your courage and that we're all learning, right? We're all of us are learning. The ones messing up other people's boundaries, which is us, <laughs> right? And the ones messing up on our stuff and we're messing up all the things. We're all learning together, right? So, you know, do you have, do you do this or do you know someone who just takes quite a lot of responsibility for things that don't, it doesn't belong to them, right? Like responsibility for other people's feelings and then makes choices based on what you're assuming about someone else. This might look like love and care. Um, and I want you to really honestly check in. Um, do you want people overriding what you really believe, what you really need from moment to moment? The fact that you are a human miracle, constantly changing, growing and evolving. Do you want someone else making those calls. I know her. I know what she wants and needs. So this is what's going to happen. Nope, we don't need to check in with her. Okay. Um, so this is just an important reminder <laughs> that this is where we can think we're being really caring and we it might be causing more damage. Um, because really, what is all of this about? I think if you distill all of these things about why we even have boundaries in the first place, why we would want them respected, why other people's boundaries are important. It's about building trust. It's about being somebody who is trustworthy, right? So when you pay attention to other people's boundaries, when you check in, if they have not asserted you know, anything, because you may have a lot of friends who like to please and don't want to use their voice, right? And they haven't established any boundaries. You can check in and ask them, right? You can normalize checking in and getting consent, right? Um, when you're listening, when you see somebody and then you respect what it is that's going to make them feel better and make them feel safe, the repeated act of this builds trust. Oh, I can be around that person because, you know, they're not going to take it personally when I tell them I'm not a hugger. They're going to you know when I say I'm tired and I need to go home, they're not going to, you know, get upset about that or just keep talking over me, even though I said, you know, I have extreme fatigue and I need to rest, you know. Um, you just become somebody who other people can trust and imagine, imagine a world in which we were all doing this work. So here's a nice tidbit. You don't actually have to understand somebody's boundary in order to respect it, right? Um, you know, the, the kind of fatigue I would experience with uh, a brain injury is different from the kind of fatigue other people experience who have not had a brain injury, right? Right. We call it fatigue or we call it a brain fog if you 
know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when other people are like, yeah, I'm tired too. It's so not the same thing, right? So um, other people don't have to understand exactly what's going on. They don't even have to believe me that brain fog exists. But if I say, hey, I'm getting brain fog, I need to hang up the phone, I need to go rest, or I need to get up and leave this, you know, coffee date or whatever, um, they can still respect that without understanding, right? So if you you might not know why <laughs> the person in your life setting a boundary, why they're doing that, but you can still respect it. You don't have to get it. You don't have to approve of it. Um, and, you know, what a gift that is, right? To not question it, <laughs> to just be like, oh, cool. This is what works for you. Great. Okay. And just move on with your day, right? All of these little actions, all of this attention will be building trust over time. So one of the ways that you can do this, since you're not a mind reader, is to practice asking for consent. In notice all the ways in which you assume <laughs> you're making assumptions about people um, and, and just decide to ask, even if you think you know the answer, just double check. It doesn't do any harm. And it gives people the opportunity to affirm, to answer the question, especially those people who have a hard time uh, asserting and initiating these conversations. You can be the person, you could be the change in this relationship that starts to normalize this, right? Um, you know, like if someone, you know, classic, I've probably brought this up on the podcast before, someone, the you know, the 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 check comes in a restaurant and it's like somebody picks it up and wants to pay for dinner, right? And I, maybe we've all been there or maybe I just hang out with a lot of people <laughs> who really want to treat people to dinner. But, you know, you'll get this, no, 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 I'll pay. No, 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 I can't let you do that. Oh, no, no. And everyone's got their wallets out and it's this dance, okay? I have seen this go very quickly and I've seen this go on and on. I have seen people chase people out of a restaurant, shoving 20s in their pant pocket, like, Anyway, <laughs> so in this scenario, you know, the practice of giving consent is if somebody is taking is out for lunch with you and then the, the, the check comes and they grab it and they go, hey, I'd like to pay for, for lunch. It's on me. The part of you being the mind reader might be like, oh, I don't think that they really want to buy me lunch. <laughs> I'm making up that they're lying for some reason. Think of how insulting that is, first of all. But um they're lying. They don't really want to buy me lunch. They can't afford it. You're making up all kinds of stuff. That's none of your business. They picked up the check. Okay. So checking in and asking for consent is being like, um, you know, oh, are you sure? <laughs> right. Are you sure about that? I know you like, I know you just got laid off. Are you sure? Cause like, I'm happy to pay my half of the, of the lunch. You check in, you give them that opportunity. Then it's their turn to either affirm, nope, thank you, but I have made this decision and I'd like to pay. Or, you know what, you're right. I wish I could pay, but you're right. Yeah, I, I'm out of work. It, can we just go have these? How nice is that? And then you guys go on with your day. But if they're, you know, you can only go so far, right? You, you, you go halfway, but if they're not going to meet you, that's a decision that they're making. And that's something that they're going to learn from. And that's their car on this highway of life, right? You can only <laughs> do what's, what you can do in yours. Um, so, you know, like checking, checking in, you know, they might not take it, 
But that's when you can also show them, this is another part of how where trust building comes in. So let's say they've, you know, said, no, 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 I want to pay. And maybe you were right that they, they couldn't or didn't want to pay. But you've checked in. And then when they say, no, 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 I insist, you say, oh, thank you. What you're doing there is you're showing them that you trust that they mean what they say, that you trust their word and that their word means something. If their word means something, that means that when they do speak up and learn to assert something or make a request, their word is going to mean something with you. That's what you're showing them by doing that, right? So, you know, this, this whole back and forth of, you know, no, 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 Maybe, and maybe, you know, with money, maybe with this, it's not actually consent, but it's, I think the example's working. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on writing this example. Um, you know, it's like, it's, think of like how we're like, we don't really trust that we're saying what we mean. We don't really trust that someone's going to make a request. We don't really trust that someone's going to, you know, not offer to pay for the meal if they don't have the money. We are actually modeling a weird dynamic where we don't, we don't, we're not treating each other as trustworthy people. And I think we do this in a lot of our closest relationships sometimes. So think about the impact that has as it ripples out, right? So not just with, you know, paying for lunch, but other things like um, uh, conversation topics. Some of you are very comfortable talking about uh, sex and sexuality perhaps getting very graphic about it. Some of you um, are comfortable talking about money and some of you are not comfortable talking about money. Some of you, like, goes on. But, you know, if there's a topic where you think, hmm, this is, for some people, this is a charged topic. And I never actually checked in to see if my friend enjoys these conversations. Maybe you've noticed that they are quieter whenever sex comes up in in the conversation. And they don't say anything, but like you're doing a lot of the sharing. They're not really sharing back and whatever. Maybe they're, they don't really love the topic, right? But they're not going to say anything for whatever reason. So here's another opportunity for you. What have you been like, you know, I just realized I never really checked in with you. I'm really comfortable speaking a lot about sex and, uh, but I, I, I should have checked in with you. Is this like, would you rather us like limit this topic? Would you rather I didn't go into detail on this topic? Ask them direct questions and see what they say. They might be really surprised because very few people ask this kind of consent on the regular. Um, It might be kind of like, oh, wow, they really care about what I think. Oh, wow, they care about my comfort level. Oh, they're paying attention to something I hadn't even paid attention to. This is interesting, right? And then you're inviting them to have a boundary around this topic. And, um, you know, if you're like, oh, but I want to talk about sex with my friend. It's like, well, do you still want to want to do that? If you know that they're uncomfortable, I don't think that you really do. If they're your friend and you care about them, right? You'll find someone else who that's their game. And you guys can go to town and like draw diagrams of, you know, everything you did last night, whatever. Right. So, um, Checking in about conversation topics, checking in about time, Um, you know, like you might say, have a conversation with someone and uh, it goes on and on and on. Maybe you have a friend where like a half an hour coffee date usually turns into four hours. 
Maybe you two love it. I know I have had many of those coffee dates and no regrets, right? But I really appreciate it when people check in for time, right? Um, hey, we said that we would just do this. Um, I'm noticing the time is passing. Are you okay? When, like, when do you need to leave? Just checking in, right? Because some people don't speak up. They feel guilty, whatever. Give them the opportunity, um, but don't take responsibility for it, right? This is just ways in which you can help normalize and help maybe just show someone who hasn't started working on asserting themselves, having boundaries, making requests. You're showing them that you're a safe person so that when they get there, you're going to be someone that they'll feel more comfortable practicing that with, right? And then wouldn't it be great if you could be the person where they set a boundary and you're like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad you're taking such good care of yourself. Yeah, that's wonderful. Like you go and rest and I'll do something else. Great. It feels so wonderful when you set a boundary and you find the courage to name it and it's respected because it's not always the case, right? I have found more often than not it is. I had really surprisingly wonderful responses to uh, an increase in me asserting boundaries and making requests. And I've also had the opposite experience. And those are incredibly challenging, right? So, um, you know, on this topic of, you know, if you've been doing this boundary work for a while, um, I also want to say that if you've been doing this and you're meeting some resistance and you and you kind of let it down, like you set a boundary and the boundary isn't respected and then you just kind of suck it up and feel shitty about it, um, it's really important to take a look at the dynamic between you and this other person or people. Because sometimes you might be blaming yourself for not honoring a boundary of yours where you're not taking into account the whole picture and the context and the power dynamic that might be at play. So if, if you are doing this and it's with somebody who, um, you know, has a, is either supplies income or housing to you, like if this is, you know, your spouse and there's, you know, this is your home, uh, if you're living with your parents or your parents are supporting you in some way or whatever, this is your employer, okay? So um, this is tricky. This is not just you rocking a boundary or not rocking a boundary because a boundary is like, this is what's okay and not so and not okay with me. And then it's like, and if, you know, it's not about what other people do, the boundaries for you. And then there's a consequence, right? Like, hey, I don't really want to talk about sex. Um, you let people know, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with this. I will not have these conversations. If sex comes up at the dinner table, I'm going to leave, I'm going to go eat in the other room. And that's a way where it's like, you can honor the boundary of not having sex conversations. Um, and you are in control of you know, your vehicle and you can go into the other room. So other people don't have to change. You're not telling them what they can and can't talk about. You're letting them know what's okay and not okay for you. Well, this gets very complicated if uh, you, for whatever reason, have something to risk by honoring your boundary, right? If you don't want to talk about sex and it's your boss talking about sex, um, can you just quit 
Probably not, right? So this is something that's just, I really want to remind you of this for all of you going through this, beating yourself up. Don't do that. You're doing such amazing work. And what this is showing you is it's showing you um, where you might need to build yourself a little like path to safety. Um, You know, if you're like, oh, this is going to be a problem at this workplace, maybe you can't quit tomorrow and you can't afford to do that, but you can start thinking about what that escape plan might be. You can start maybe looking around at other places of employment, you know, Um, uh, if you're dependent on your, you know, parents for income or something like that, and you're living in their home, it's like, huh, okay, you know, what, what changes can I make or how can I prepare to make the changes that will free me and allow me to honor my boundaries um, in the way that I would like to. And sometimes that will take time. Okay, so um, know that you are doing amazing work. Know that in the times when, (laughs) you know, your boundaries are being disrespected repeatedly by somebody, take a look at if there's any reason why there might be a power imbalance. And please just coat yourself in compassion sauce, drip it all over. Let's love, love, love yourself. And this sucks. And I'm so sorry this is happening. And um, you're doing beautiful work. And this is hard and you're going to get through this. It's just going to take a little more time and a little more planning. Um, I do have a podcast episode actually all about this moment of planning in between. Uh, My working title is Making a Meaningful Meantime because sometimes we can't take action immediately. And how do you still find power in yourself and love in yourself when... uh, You can't take those big sexy actions and blow your life up, right? Um, There's a lot of scenarios where um, looking at the bigger picture and the power dynamics can be very helpful in you being kinder to yourself, right? So on that note and bringing it back to being the change, um, take a look at where you might have more power than someone else and where you might just be kind of rolling with it, um, Be sensitive to that, right? Think about the ways in which you might be on the other side of that coin and uh, how you can level the playing field, how you can respect people's boundaries and not take it for granted that, you know, that's their problem. You know, is it? (laughs) Sometimes it is. Sometimes um, there's something that you can do to create change, right? All of this looking in the mirror can be kind of gross at times. Uh, It's part of self-love work, right? It's not just loving the pretty parts. It's looking at all the parts, looking at our motivations. How have you become an untrustworthy person and how can you begin to be a trustworthy person, right? Let that be your guide. I've learned a lot about this from April Harder. She is the woman, the founder of what used to be the Racism Recovery Center. Uh, Now it is the Narcissism Recovery Center. Look her up. She's doing tons of amazing work in this area. Boundaries are a huge part of it. Um, There was um, uh, a book club that I did with April last summer. So a book I would recommend is, oh crap, did I forget the author? I do this. I do this. What am I doing? I'm going to look it up right now. It's called The Courage to Trust. 
And uh, we worked through that book together with April. And in that particular group, it was a group of white students. uh, And we were using, even though the book is really just about trust and boundaries are a huge part of that, um, we were doing it through the lens of where we could be more trustworthy people um, in terms of racism and in terms of um, our own privilege and ignorance around this topic so it was a really amazing experience um, but this is something that you can obviously apply to racism also to all the relationships in your life um, so I recommend checking out April Harder's work and I'm sorry I'm trying to do two things at once here courage to trust it is by <laughs> Cynthia L wall thank you for your patience the courage to trust a guide to building deep and lasting relationships. So, um, and finally, my new favorite resource book on boundaries, really, really enjoying Faith G. Harper's book, Unfuck Your Boundaries. Um, As you can tell from the title, if you don't like curse words, don't read this one. It's used throughout, right? There's a a lot. So um, if that's something that you think just wouldn't really sit right with you, you can find another book. What I love about Faith G. Harper's book here, Unfuck Your Boundaries, is that, you know, she's talking about boundaries. I've read, again, a lot of these books about boundaries. So she's, you know, talking about how to unfuck your boundaries. Um, And she really talks quite a lot, in fact, equally about exactly this topic, about how we can honor other people's boundaries, as well as create and honor our own. And I think this is such an important conversation. She's also, you know, really goes to town in like great detail about the impact of having leaky boundaries, of having unhealthy boundaries and boundary violations in the world at large, in the bigger picture, in oppression, in power, in like rape culture. So she's really tying it to the big, it's not just about like, you know, you and your friend paying for lunch, right? This is one of the examples that is close to home, but this is why normalizing respect, consent, uh, checking in with yourself, respecting other people's boundaries and having them, it really does ripple way out and has huge impacts in the world. So um, I appreciated her including all of that very important information and perspective in this book that also is very practical, great communication tips and tools in that book as well. So there you go. How are you doing? Um, Have fun checking in with people. I think it'll shock people. I think it'll surprise a few people when you like check in and ask them if is this okay? Can I get a yes? Are you okay with this? Like, oh, very few times are we checking in and giving people the opportunity to opt in or opt out. And keep in mind, if you're giving them the opportunity, you got to be okay with their choice, right? So if you're like, hey, we could just end this call now. And they go, you know what? I'd love to. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> um, you know, you offered, right? So then you can process your feelings if you're kind of feeling caught off guard there. But um, offer what you can uh, follow through on. And remember, that's also part of trust building. I'm so pleased that you are spending this time here. Thank you so much for spending this time here with me at the soft shoulder. And also 
with yourself to be a better person, to be a better person from the inside out with self-love at the core. You don't have to sacrifice yourself to be an amazing person and an agent of change in the world. I think that, um, in fact, it's a real superpower when we can love and accept ourselves, all of ourselves and grow and change. Um, I love to see the ripples that come out from that. And um, thank you for being here and being you. This episode of The Soft Shoulder is brought to you by techcoven.com, where you can get a tarot reading from Alison Tarr. This episode is also brought to you by Self Love Coloring Club, which is set to start February 10th. You can sign up Radical Creative Sanctuary in the shop. And this is an eight-week self-love coloring club, all new pages. It's very low-key. Uh, there's no recordings. There's no group to join. There's no Facebook group. There's no none of that stuff. It's just nice and simple, one hour a week. Pull out those pencil crayons and let's color and reflect. And there'll be a little journal prompt too at the top of the hour. Um, pleasure and relaxation is the entire focus of this eight-week um, course. So um, I'd love to see you there. Let's spend some time together. Radical Creative Sanctuary slash shop. And um, in the meantime, um, play, practice good consent, normalize self-love, normalize being a trustworthy person. You are someone worth loving. You're wonderful. It all starts with you. Take good care, and I'll talk to you soon.